Welcome to a very special episode of What's Eric Eating? This is our bonus episode. We're talking about Texas Monthly's new list of the top 50 barbecue joints in Texas. I have two local barbecue experts to help me break it down. Patrick Fegis, owner of Fegis Barbecue. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Michael Fulmer, co-founder of the Houston Barbecue Festival. Welcome. Thanks again. Appreciate, always appreciate being here. Thank you both for doing this. I mean, let's dive in. Let's break it down. I think by now most people have seen the list, but just very briefly, let's talk about, let's, let me just list out the top 10 just to give us all kind of a frame of reference and then go through the Houston joints and then we'll go from there. So going from 10 to 1, Panther City Barbecue in Fort Worth. Number nine, Snow's Barbecue in Lexington. Number eight, Evie Mae's Pit Barbecue in Walforth. Number seven, Franklin Barbecue in Austin. Number six, Cadillac Barbecue in Dallas. Five, Leroy and Lewis in Austin. Four, Burnt Beanco in Seguin. Three, Houston's own Truth Barbecue. Number two, Interstellar Barbecue in Austin. And we have a new number one, Goldie's Barbecue in Fort Worth. Patrick, let me throw it to you. What do you think of the top 10? How do you, uh, how do you think Texas Monthly did? Uh, I think they did a pretty great job. I mean, all those places are great. Uh, nice mixture of new school, old school, but new school's definitely taken over that top 10 list. Yeah, new school has come a long way. I mean, just to be real specific, that top five is four, four out of the five in that top five are new to the list completely. Truth Barbecue's Brenham location was number 10 last time. The Houston restaurant didn't exist yet. And then the uh, Panther City Barbecue also knew the list. And then, you know, Snow's was number one in both uh, 2008 and 2017. They're now nine. Franklin was number two, number one in 2013, number two in uh, 2017. They're now number seven. Cadillac was in the top five, now number six. And Evie Mays basically went from uh, seven to eight, I think, or eight to nine. So they're, uh, they're, they're, basically, they're basically where they were. But uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a lot of turnover. Fuller, what do you think about all this? Um, you know, it's, it's exciting, uh, as it is uh, in some ways provocative. Uh, you know, I mean, this, any list is like garnered in a sense to, to get conversation going. Um, but I, I think Texas Monthly has deep integrity where where they're concerned. Um, they're not looking for like, quote unquote, the clickbait conversation. Um, they, they take this very seriously uh, and they're very qualified. You know, I, I know a lot of the writers and uh, editors who are on the road doing this. Um, it does beg the question exactly what is their exact criteria um, you know, cause we all have our own experiences and how we, we rate that. And that, that's the beauty of this is that, you know, Texas barbecue has never been better. It just keeps getting better and better. And the bar is extremely high now. And the list reflects that. Well, you know, that is one of the things I, I wanted to sort of discuss with you. As you said, we, we don't really know exactly what the criteria are. They don't explain that in the, in the article and they haven't, shown their work really they they had a five point rating scale in 2017 they did not bring that back for 2021 not necessarily that it would 
it would change anything, but, but, you know, there's this um, shuffling of the deck, so to speak. Like I, I don't think Franklin barbecue has gotten worse, right? So much as that maybe some of these newer places are doing things a little bit better. Uh, I would, I would, I would completely agree with that. Yeah. And I think Daniel said on your podcast that, you know, in the past, he based it mostly on meat and brisket specifically, but that this year it's more the sides, the desserts, the, the, you know, the different intangibles. And I think that hurts some of these older places and is a reason why some of these newer places are in the top 10. Yeah. Daniel had a Daniel Vaughn, the barbecue editor for Texas monthly, who's kind of the principal architect of this had an essay that he published a couple of weeks ago on the Texas monthly website that, you know, we've, we've sort of reached peak brisket, right. That, that, you know, the movement that Franklin barbecue started when they opened has been pervasive in that most people, most restaurants cook a similar style of brisket. And so when you're evaluating restaurants, you have to kind of look beyond that. Yeah. And, and to add on to that is that, I mean, the, the really the, the barbecue revolution did really begin with Aaron Franklin, you know, and what, raising it to a whole different level. I mean, it was just like something we really hadn't really seen, but it also is worth noting that, you know, like many pitmasters, he's very open about what he does. And, and he's even now, you know, he has the book, he, there's countless, the YouTube videos, there's the masterclass. I mean, he's completely revealed of how he does things. And guess what? Everyone has taken note. Yeah. You know, I, I do sort of wonder about that. I, you know, we had, you know, last time in 2017, the top 10 came out, Tejas chocolate and barbecue and corkscrew barbecue were sort of the Houston representatives. And I mean, since then, you know, Tejas developed that chili relleno sausage that kind of just conquered the whole world. I mean, it's, it's so universally loved. Corkscrew basically does what they do. Right. And, and so I wonder if, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Do you feel like they've been sort of overshadowed by these newer joints or, or were they snubbed? Well, they're in the top 50 list. So to say that they were snubbed would be, I think, incorrect. Um, would I place them in the top 10? I absolutely would. Have I been to all of the places on the list? I have not. Um, okay. So that being said, I think like does corkscrew need to, like, if I was looking on the outside as a, you know, do they need to, should they tweak anything? Is there anything they're not? No, they have great line management. Their brisket is uh, some of the best, not just in Houston, but in the state. Uh, their sides are excellent. Uh, and the service is excellent too. I mean, so as far as I'm concerned, they're doing everything right. And I really wouldn't change anything. Uh, so it, it comes down to smaller details. And, and then of course that comes back to begging the question, what is their exact criteria? Fulmer, let me, let me ask you about interstellar. I know that they've been to, you know, a couple of the events. I know you go to Austin on a pretty regular basis. Uh, certainly for me, that was the biggest surprise was seeing them at number two. Yeah, it was my biggest surprise too. Like I, I think they do a really a good job and, you know, when, when there's discussions about how certain like has Austin plateaued for barbecue, can is there room? In other words, is there room for another quality barbecue place? And Austin continues to grow and the whole north and, you know, the northwest section of the town, there's not a lot up there. And, and that's where Interstellar was and doing a great job with sandwiches. And they were just experimenting with this little stick burner out front. 
on barbecue and they uh, were doing a great job with it. And they just, they just took it and ran. Uh, and they, he, you know, John Bates, the guy who runs the place uh, has great creativity uh, and their sides, their proteins all reflect that. Um, you know, when, when we start talking about like how you break the top 10, you know, it sometimes is like, it's infinitesimal. Uh, the small things, the small, if, if you will, like intangibles, like Patrick said, that can take you to the next level. Um, I think they're really great. Like, I don't know that I would put them in the top 10, but I haven't been to all of the places on the list either. But I have great respect for John and his whole staff and what they do. And and uh, I'm very happy for him. I think one of the other the other new ones for me in the top in the top five is Burnt Bean Co. out in Seguin. I know all of the barbecue people I follow on Instagram really love that place. I know you've been out there. So maybe just talk a little bit about kind of what makes it so special. I mean, everything he does is, is top notch. I've, I've heard more than one person swear that he injects his brisket with fat, that that's how moist and juicy it is. Uh, I mean, he just, I mean, he's a chef by trade and he's, he's done his thing uh, in the competition circuit. And just every, just, just like truth, every single thing you eat is going to be top notch. Uh, there's very few duds on that menu. Yeah. And then I think the one other, well, I, I don't mean to hop around so much, but, but we should congratulate you. I mean, Fiji's barbecue on the list. Uh, how does it feel? I mean, what does it mean to you as a business owner to be on the list? I mean, it's great. We're super excited. Um, we, uh, it's partly validation of the hard work we've put in, uh, and we're hoping it, it helps our business, brings more attention to us. Uh, if you look at the list, I think technically we're the only quote unquote Houston barbecue place, uh, cause they get very specific about some of the other guys being in Bel Air and Katie and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just dealing with COVID the last year and a half, like I'm ready for you know, some people to discover us and, and, and come through that door. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's well said. It's, it's, you know, the way that it's broken down is the top 10 is sort of ranked and then it's alphabetical. The, the next 40 are alphabetical by city. So you don't see truth listed in Houston. You only see Fijis and then you have to go through the rest of the list to see the Houston area, which is Blood Brothers in Bel Air Brett's Barbecue Shop in Katy, Killen's Barbecue in Pearland, Corkscrew Barbecue in Spring, and Tejas Chocolates and Barbecue in Tomball. So seven total restaurants, but they're split up among all these uh, sort of suburbs and, and different sections. It, you know, it was put to me like several years ago, uh, you know, name a craft barbecue joint that has more than one uh, location. And I paused and realized it, it didn't really exist. You know, uh, it, it's really hard to do this kind of, you know, attention to detail place and get it replicated elsewhere because, you know, you've got to hire someone who is your, you know, who's working for you, who's going to meet those standards. And that's really hard. And I think it's interesting that, well, they gave Pinkerton's, which just opened in San Antonio. So, you know, they're working hard on the launch there. And so Pinkerton's got listed for San Antonio, even though the Houston one, of course, is the base. Uh, Terry Black's got listed for Dallas, uh, yet, you know, the Austin one. I mean, when people ask me where to go in Austin, 
to get barbecue, but they don't want to wait in line, I most always send them to Terry Black's, you know, that or, or Style Switch uh, because they do a really great job, but they do amazing. They do big, big numbers like they are set to do volume and and they they do it. Yeah, I, I mean, my sense is that the Pickertons in San Antonio is bigger, grander in, in every way from that little restaurant on the Heights. So that if they were going to pick one or the other, the San, and, and also, you know, San Antonio barbecue scene, not as fully developed as Houston, you know, they had the granary on in 2017, which of course closed last year. So if you needed a, a high quality restaurant in San Antonio to keep them at two in the top 50, Pinkerton's is a, is a good choice for that. Like if you're, looking for a certain amount of geographic diversity. But, uh, you know, the one thing I, I do want to sort of kick around is 2M Smokehouse in San Antonio. Now, admittedly, I've, I've only eaten there once and it was in 2018. I've had their food at, at some events a couple of times. But I, I think that not being in the top 10 was the maybe the, the biggest negative surprise for me, the, the one that I expected to see and then didn't. They were robbed. They were robbed. 2M should be in the top 10. Uh, but you know, you only have 10 spots, but, uh, I just, I was, that was one of the biggest surprises for me on that list is, I mean, those guys, what they're putting out, I mean, SO was nominated for James Beard award last year. Uh, they're putting out fantastic food. So I think they deserve it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, that was probably my biggest surprise. I really expect to see Esau and 2M in, in the top 10 because of their consistency, because of the quality, uh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that, you know, at some point they, they made a decision and that's where they cut it off. So, you know, but here we are talking about it. So do they deserve, uh, you know, if you're in Houston and you're thinking about a barbecue road trip, does 2M, should, should it be on your list? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I am very pleased to welcome a new sponsor to the show. It is Balconis Distilling. This is a Texas-based maker of spirits, one of the most decorated craft distilleries on the planet. They make single malt whiskey, which is part of this American single malt movement that has been happening. My personal favorite Balconis expression is their flagship Texas One, a single malt. It's got a very dark color. It's got a very rich flavor. It's silky. It's full on the palate. You get notes of butter and marmalade, and then it finishes with those lovely burnt sugar notes, that coffee toffee flavor. You know, I like I like bourbon, I like whiskey, I like scotch from all around the world, but but I find that this Balconis Texas Single Malt really just satisfies all of my cravings. And so I encourage people to look for it, look for it on back bars, look for it on stores. I drink it neat. If you want to add a little water, that wakes it up a little bit. If you prefer to cool it down over a big rock, I, I respect that too. But I think the important thing to know about Balconis is that if you try it, I think you'll like it. Look for it at bars, look for it at retail, and give Balconis Distilling a try. And then, you know, let's take kind of dive into some of these Houston restaurants a little more closely. Obviously, Corkscrew and Teos were top 10 in 2017. Not surprised to see them. Killens remains a staple, not surprised to see it there. You know, Blood Brothers, all kinds of 
national acclaim. So that makes sense to me. Uh, but Brett's Barbecue Shop in Katy, what do we think? Does that, uh, am I the only one that was surprised to see Brett's on the, in the top 50? I feel like maybe it's been flying under the radar for the three years it's been open. Uh, it might be a little bit of a surprise. I mean, you could argue maybe, you know, Regal's or, you know, Gatlin's should have taken that spot, but Brett's putting out a good barbecue. Uh, he, I mean, he cooked barbecue at Louis Miller for years. And, uh, I mean, they're in the last year or so they've really gotten some good press. So they're doing something right. Uh, okay. I went to Brett's actually on Sunday. Now I've had his barbecue before I hadn't been out there in a long time and I've had it uh, as well uh, at, at events we've done and other events I've been to. And what I had this past weekend was earth shattering. Fantastic. Um, you know, any, any idea that I could possibly, you know, slip into cynicism over barbecue with so much consumption. And, and then I had an experience like that. It was just, it was incredible. Every across the board, Fantastic. The, the brisket was moist. The lean was excellent. What he's doing with sausage and his sausage program that they're all doing in-house is creative and it works. It's delicious. Their sides are all house made. And this is a, I mean, we will talk about tiny. It is, it, it's one of the smallest places on the list. Um, they are moving to a bigger spot, but right now what they're churning out there is top notch and first rate. And I think he completely deserves to be on the list. Well, like, like you, I, I made my first visit to Brett's in its restaurant last week. You know, getting, getting the list a couple of days in advance does come with some privileges. And I, I admit, I was very impressed by the quality of the brisket. I thought the ribs were good. I thought the homemade sausage was good. What really stood out to me was the quality of the sides. I mean, they do this like really bright, fresh coleslaw, super acidic, really cuts through the fat of the meat. And this just really luxurious uh, mac and cheese with, with shells instead of macaroni, but just, you know, this rich, uh, very satisfying cheese sauce. And that's not usually my barbecue side of choice, but I, I did really enjoy it. And, you know, classic sort of very meaty uh, beans, but, you know, I, I, I was surprised not to see either Regal's or Gatlin's uh, both of which were in the top 50 in 2017 you know, they've been moved down to the honorable mentions. And because if the standards are both consistency and diversity, there aren't very many restaurants in Houston that accomplish both of those things better than both Regal's and Gatlin's, given that Gatlin's has all those great sandwiches and they do the wings. Regal's has a whole tray of sides. They added whole hog. They have all these fun specials. They're kind of the Locally, they're kind of the king of pastrami. They do that super fun turkey katsu once a week. I mean, there's there's all this great stuff that both of those restaurants do. And I and I understand that Houston's only going to get allocated so many slots, but but to the extent that people look at this list, don't see those restaurants and think that they've gotten worse, I don't think that's the case. I think they're better than ever. I, I would I would I, I would totally agree. I was actually really surprised to see Russell off the list and Gatlin's because for, for the reason you stated, it's uh, you know, their creativity, their commitment to size, you know what they're doing, but you know, we also realize like some of these, you know, visits that they're being, that they're doing, whether it's Daniel or Pat Sharp or one of the, you know, uh, other writers or, you know, 
carefully vetted uh, freelancers, as they say. Sometimes they're just going there one time and they have to base it on that one experience. And, and we know better. Yeah, you kind of got to catch lightning in a bottle. You know, if you have a bad service on the day they come in, that's what you get judged on. I mean, you could argue those two places are better now than they were four years ago. Uh, I certainly think so. Um, But it's just, uh, and like you said, you can only put so many places. I mean, they could easily do 40 restaurants in the three metro areas, uh, which is, I think, why they put Pinkerton in San Antonio was so they don't eat up a Houston spot. But they, I mean, there's, we kind of knew this going in that there was going to be some places in these metro areas that should be on the list that, that aren't just because they're trying to spread the love throughout Texas. Patrick, I, I think that's an important point. And it actually brings me to something else I want to talk to you about, which is that there are two restaurants in the top 50 that have Houston ties, but they are outside of major metropolitan areas. One of them is Acre Barbecue, which started in Houston as a food truck. They opened a restaurant in Fredericksburg. It's on the list. And then there's Mimsy's Craft Barbecue out up in Crockett in East Texas. Uh, it is led by Wade Elkins, who worked for you, and his wife, Kathy, who cooked at a couple of really great restaurants in Houston, Hunky Dory and Harold's. So, you know, what do you think? I mean, are these restaurants that if they were in big cities, maybe might not have made the list, but, but taking that risk and going to the small town? really paid off for them? Uh, well, I don't know if they wouldn't make the list. Maybe one of us don't make the list. Maybe, you know, if Menzies or Eakers here, they push me or Blood Brothers out. Uh, but I think it was, you're, you've seen in the last couple of years, people opening uh, barbecue restaurants in smaller towns. Eaker uh, uh, ended up in Fredericksburg because of COVID. Uh, I mean, he, he was struggling with the truck during COVID. So he took that risk to go out to Fredericksburg and that paid off. And Wade and Kathy, uh, you know, I, I believe it's a family property and they they never wanted to do barbecue in Houston. It was going to be, uh, I think Magnolia was what they were planning, but they ended up out in Crockett. And I mean, from everything I hear, they're doing fantastic food. So, I mean, they, they earned it. Well, what do you think about this idea of geographic diversity and, and maybe getting a, a better shot in a small town? Well, if, if you go back and look at the older list, you'll see many of the places were in smaller towns and that there wasn't a lot of represented places in the cities. Uh, and, and that's, of course, now has changed. Um, I don't know that they say, OK, we're only going to say like they've only slotted so many for a specific area. Yes, I think they want to represent the whole state because there's there's not just, you know, a wide Texas isn't just a big state, but there's different styles of barbecue across the state. And the list should reflect that. It shouldn't be, OK, is everybody adhering to a central barbecue standard, you know, style standard? Uh, uh, it, you know, the lone the area where it was really like a desert was the east, you know, Beaumont, you know, the Port Arthur, that whole area was just I mean, I've eaten a lot of barbecue out there and none of it was good. I'm sorry to say, but, uh, you know, there was Patillo's with their special, you know, sausage, but, you know, what 1701, you know, opened in Beaumont and it's very clearly, you know, they are, we are doing central Texas style. It's right out there. And it's, it's fantastic, you know, and they absolutely deserve to be on the list and glad to see them recognized as such. One other thing I kind of want to break down with you guys is the honorable mentions especially for Houston, 
surprised to see Gatlin's and Regal's there. But on the other hand, I'm thrilled to see Dozier's and Harlem Road and Pizzatola's there, especially Pizzatola's because it's it's this kind of legacy joint that maybe wasn't competitive from a quality perspective with these newer covers, but, but they've been reinvigorated. They've got a, a young pit master who's doing some really great work over there. Yeah. It's exciting. Anyone, any of our barbecue friends, especially in Houston, that can get some love. Uh, you know, they're doing, like we said earlier, like Regals isn't doing anything wrong. Uh, they definitely deserve being the top 50. So honorable mention, I mean, Russell might not like that, but I mean, it, it, they still deserve being mentioned along with these other guys. So I'm glad they did. They did get mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they got in there too. Um, and pizza tolls was a surprise in some respects, but I, so Tim Taylor is the, the manager there. He left and came back. And so Tim has a really good insight into the barbecue scene and into uh, what pizza tolls was. Uh, and you know, it was one of the few places that had count, you know, they had waitresses there, you know, there wasn't counter service and it was, you know, they have those big, those pits that are grandfathered in that, uh, you know, these, just those huge pits, uh, brick pits that, uh, and they brought in, uh, this guy, Edwell Hernandez, and he's doing a great job. We, I've been there twice in the last, uh, eight months and it was fantastic. It was like surprisingly how fantastic it was. Uh, so glad to see them in. Um, I'm, there's still a lot of growth happening in Houston. Uh, when I think about, you know, I'd love to have seen a place maybe like Piper's weekend. I don't know if they went there. Hard to say. You know, I was surprised to see the pit room dropped off at least honorable mention. I think they still have great uh, commitment to quality uh, as well as, uh, you know, what their, their creativity, you know, the sausage program. Uh, so it's a little disappointing in my eyes. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised to see the pit room go from top 50 to all the way off the list. You know, it's hard. We don't know how many visits they made. We don't know what it was like on the day that who whoever was representing Texas Monthly showed up or what they ordered. But I, I will say every time I drive past there, especially on the weekends, it looks like there's a line out the door. Uh, they were just featured on Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. So somehow I suspect that they'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you need to sell barbecue. So some of these guys that didn't make the list, but they're still putting out, you know, barbecue and, and have a line out the door. It's, you know, it's, I'd rather, I I just want to be busy. <laughs> you know, lists or not. At the end of the day, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, these guys, this is a business. They have families to support. They have employees to, to keep in. You know, a good company was, you know, featured in the 2003 list. And, you know, you they don't even, they haven't been near the list since then. Um, but they continue to just rock out the numbers. And I mean, they sell more pecan pies during the holidays than some places do regular business period. You know, it's, uh, it's still, you know, Texas style barbecue is not just a big thing here. It's, it's being exported everywhere and it's, uh, it has not hit anywhere near a plateau yet. It's just, uh, it's impressive to see the growth. Yeah. So, so looking at uh, looking at the top ten, looking at the top fifty overall, Goldie's number one, Panther City number ten, uh, two more Fort Worth restaurants in the top fifty. Do, do we need to drive to Fort Worth? Is that is that our next big barbecue road trip? Cadillac Barbecue in the top ten as well. I mean they're Dallas, but 
this basically one town. Apparently, uh, Dallas Fort Worth's taken over. I think there was a lot of like there wasn't a lot there beforehand. In, in the old days, it was kind of like well, Pecan Lodge was like you know the poster child for great craft barbecue, and Pecan Lodge is still doing a great job. You know, uh, they made the honorable mention list, I guess. Um, I know part of what what fuels that uh, is the price of real estate and to open a place. You know, some of these places were uh, they were pop ups or they were catering and they wanted to go brick and mortar. And, you know, the prices in Fort Worth are for real estate are much more attractive. And if if you're good, you know, if you make a list like this, then people will travel to see you. Uh, But ultimately, they have to have a base there, too. So should people be going in? Should people be going to Fort Worth for barbecue runs? Absolutely, they should. And so should we. All right, gentlemen, I, that brings me mostly to the end of my questions. Do you have uh, any final thoughts you want to share before I wrap this up? Uh, I got one. I just, I'm super happy Leroy and Lewis uh, at number five. Those guys put out fantastic food, and there's no barbecue restaurant in this state that gets ripped off more than those guys. You see their influence on damn near every menu. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just super happy for those guys. And Evan kind of missed out on the last list, kind of in between Freeman's. He just left Freeman's and he hadn't opened the truck yet. So there's, uh, these guys are going to be doing good things for a while. Be a, little, be a little bit more specific about that. Like which, which of their menu items are specifically innovative? What should people know if they're headed to Leroy and Lewis or if, or if they haven't heard of it? Because it has been kind of not under the radar in Austin, but, but maybe doesn't get the same amount of attention as, as sort of the Franklin or the law barbecues of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, the beef cheeks, I mean, if you've seen beef cheeks on a barbecue menu in the last year or two, uh, they probably got that idea from Evan Leroy cause, uh, they've been serving beef cheeks since they opened that truck, uh, smoked beef cheeks. It's just, they just kind of the smoke burgers. They were one of the first guys doing smoke burgers. Now it's on almost every menu. Uh, I mean, it's a great way to get rid of, brisket trimming but like you know them cooking in the firebox uh you know it's just um they do great stuff and you know everyone in the barbecue world knows who they are and really respects them uh if they might not be well known to the public but uh i mean evan is like the pitmaster's pitmaster so um they do some really cool stuff and they do have a little bit of a local tie with sawyer lewis uh worked at some restaurants here in town yeah, Sawyer Lewis, who worked at Cultivari for a long time, right? That's yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. You kind of, I had similar thoughts in some ways, stole my thunder, but I, I would, I would echo that. You know, they're one of the few places on there that doesn't have like a sit-down restaurant. It's still a trailer out there. You know, will they be going uh, brick and mortar? The rumor mill has it that they will. Um, I mean, that's their plan. That's their goal. You know, yeah. so a brewery and uh, Sawyer's husband uh, brews beer. At, uh, I think it's Austin Beer Works. So that's their goal is to open a brewery with a barbecue restaurant. Yeah, she she really brings that organization in front of the house. Um, Pass and Provisions, Trinity, uh, Cultivari here, and then Contigo. Uh, you know, and Evan is just, you know, he, he has his own barbecue school now that he does offline. And he's really, he's really a sharp operator. Uh I would also add, you know, I mentioned it briefly, but what Style Switch does, you know, we talk about some of these places that have been kind of either holding on and maybe they've been passed by by younger, hungrier guys. But Style Switch, I've seen, 
like whenever I did barbecue runs, we always ended up there because they had air conditioning, uh, you know, and after being out in the heat, you want to be there, but it's just gotten steadily better and better. Uh, and Lance Kirkpatrick and the whole crew there, uh, just, it, it's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, it's when I tell, like, like I said before, when people ask, well, I don't want to wait in line at La barbecue or at, at Franklin, um, then go to style switch, go to style switch or go to Terry blacks and you will have a great experience. Gentlemen, I, I think that's well said. And I think that is a great place to wrap it up. Patrick, if you just give us the website and the social media for Fijis Barbecue. It's all, it's all the same. Fijis BBQ. At Fijis BBQ. Website is FijisBBQ.com. Uh, we're on Long Point and Greenway Plaza. You need us anytime, basically. Fijis. F-E-G-E-S. Yes. In case anyone struggling with that. That, that is also how that, that word is pronounced, by the way. I've heard. Fijis. Every- rhymes with Regis. My last name, it's Hungarian, and it is fun to say. <laughs> Michael Fulmer, do you, you want to give us a hint about when the next Houston uh, Barbecue Festival event will be? Okay, well, the uh, Houston Barbecue Festival will be returning in April of uh, 2022, but we haven't announced it yet, but might as well do it right here. The Houston Barbecue Throwdown will be happening on Sunday, December 5th at St. Arnold's. Tickets are not on sale yet, but they will be shortly. They will go quickly. And I hope to see a lot of uh, your smiling faces there. December 5th uh, at St. Arnold's, the Houston Barbecue Throwdown. We'll follow the Houston Barbecue, H-O-U-B-B-Q, on all social media platforms to look for an announcement for a ticket on sale date for the Houston Barbecue Throwdown. Always a good time. Gentlemen, again, thank you. Uh, I hope people found this insightful. I know barbecue is one of my favorite food topics to debate, as it is every uh, Texan's right to do. So (laughs) true story. That does it for this bonus episode of What's Eric Eating? And I will be back on Thursday with Mary Ellen Angel from Angel's Chair. So look forward to that. And then I'll be back next week with all of our usual content. So thanks so much for listening. Have a good day.